It's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Good to have you with us this Monday, December 18th, 2023. I have promised we had big news concerning the Sports Wrap. That is coming up towards the end of the show. How do you make Anthony Edwards the face of your franchise if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves? We'll get into that. Tiger Woods and Charlie still needle movers that Tiger Woods, and now he's brought his kid along for the ride. Is it an NFL game if nobody goes? Uh, We'll get into that. We'll have your Monday Night Football preview. Sammy Arnell will be by as well. Uh, But first, we say hello to our friend Matt Verderam, who hangs out with us on the show today uh, to give us some thoughts on the NFL. He does a terrific job, NFL Insider over at SI.com. By the way, I'm going to say this on the air because Sam won't believe me if I don't say it. Sam Yarnell says you have not followed him on Twitter slash X, and he feels hurt by it. He wants you to follow him on Twitter slash X. I told him I would carry that message to you. Now I have done so publicly. It's not my problem. <laughs> I, uh, I, will, I will try to look him up on Twitter. <laughs> Sam but, underscore uh, Yarnell. It is what it is. <laughs> Did he do something? To you? Did he do something? Did he? Did he do something to you? No. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure. to me. Uh, right. Do I follow you on Twitter? Yes, you follow me on Twitter. I think you do. I know you've you've reposted some of my stuff. I I I couldn't tell you more than me fifty people I follow on Twitter. Now I'm I, gonna look and see if you do follow me on Twitter. Hold I on, I have I'm absolutely gonna... no idea. It is certainly not. Uh, a personal slight against anybody. I have you no actually idea. don't follow me. I'm absolutely. I, I, you don't follow me on Twitter. You follow 997 people. I can't be one of them. I don't make the cut. I probably followed 900 people the first four days I was on Twitter <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> I don't believe this. You don't follow me. I feel. I feel slighted. Now feel you and Sammy can band together, file a class action suit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> We'd have to have some class first. Um, all right. Let's talk about the NFL. A couple of games I want to get to um, in this segment. One of them, obviously, yesterday. Uh, look, everybody was riding high. It's just amazing how the week-to-week nature of this league, and we talk about this all the time. You, know, you get Dallas, who who beats up on Philadelphia. Everybody's riding high on the Cowboys. They're great at home. They're not so great on the road. They go into Buffalo yesterday. They get stomped. What are we to make of the Cowboys at this point? Are they just a, hey, get into the playoffs, maybe win a game, and then get blasted in their second playoff game? No, I, I think they're the same team they were 24 hours ago. Like, they're a team that they're really talented, and they can play really well, and they also have games where they don't show up. And we saw that on Sunday. But I would also say, like, look, sometimes nuance gets totally lost because that's just not the world we live in. The Cowboys – had three killer mistakes in the first half of that game that set the entire tone. Like, roughing the passer, which I don't know that it even was roughing the passer, but Allen gets an Academy Award, and they called it, and that's seven points instead of three. Then they take a roughing the the punter, which absolutely is roughing the punter. The the guy just plows through Sam Martin, and that goes from no points and pretty good field position to seven points. And then Diggs fumbles the ball, and McCarthy's standing there with the flag in his hand, having no idea what's going on. They don't challenge it. It's clearly a fumble that was clear recovery. That is the difference between 21 points and three points. I mean, look, did Dallas deserve to win that game? Of course not. They got buried. But 
I think that game was more of a bizarre game than it was like it tells me that much about either team. Buffalo is not rushing for 200-plus on a normal week. They're just not going to do that. Dallas is not going to get blown out like that in a normal game. I think Dallas is fine. They're not the Niners. They're probably the second-best team in the conference, maybe the third, depending on how Philly plays. And I don't think that changed from a, from a day or two ago. You think they're the second-best team in the conference? You think they're better than Detroit? Yes. Yeah, I think they're better than Detroit. Yeah, Detroit hasn't stopped anybody outside of Denver for two solid months. <laughs> I I mean, yeah. Before yesterday, did you think that Dallas was better than Detroit? I don't. I If that game's played in Detroit, I think Detroit beats them. Yeah. Okay. Jared God, they're, they're, it's amazing some of the splits between these teams. We talked, yes, talked about much it. Better. But we've talked about it a lot. You know, like like Cleveland on the road defensive. Everybody loves Cleveland's defense. I saw Matt Hasselbeck. Oh, Cleveland's got a Super Bowl defense. Not if they're on the road, they don't. They've been a different, you know, it's been night and day, that team on the road versus that team at home. Dallas at home versus the road. I mean, some teams travel well. Here's the thing. I think Buffalo's game travels well. I think Baltimore's game travels well. Um, I think those two teams, I think Cleveland's game, despite the the road home splits on defense. I am I, listen, you know how I feel about Cleveland. I said it last week on the show. I think they can make a really deep special kind of run. And I think Flacco is a big part of the reason why combined with that defense and we're sort of seeing it right now with what we saw yesterday. But but go back to Dallas and Buffalo here for a second. Has Buffalo figured it out? You know, normally you see a change of offensive coordinator, you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, "Eh, it is what it is." Have they figured something out here? I think they've they've run the ball more, uh, and Cook is a really good back, so that they figured that out. Um, but I I don't know. I have a hesitancy with them. I. I've seen this movie before with the Bills, where they are just Mike Tyson in 1987. And you're like, oh, my God, how are they going to be stopped? And then they almost lose to Skylar Thompson in a playoff game and get annihilated the following week against Cincinnati in their own building. Like I, I, It's the same way I feel about Baltimore. I've seen this movie. I've seen Baltimore do this. And then they get in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, actually, they can't throw the ball, and, and they, they have all these issues. I think Buffalo is obviously playing better offensively under Joe Brady, but I also think they're a Kadarius Tony toe away from losing in Kansas City and scoring 20 points on barely over four yards of play, and Allen in that game threw a five-and-a-half yards in attempt. <laughs> I mean, they've won two games in a row, and the Kansas City game, they were outplayed in for three-quarters of the game. Like, I, I think they will beat the Chargers and the Patriots. And and I am a nerd with this stuff, and I tweeted this out, but I'll say it here. They're, let's assume they beat New England and they beat L.A. They should. I think they will. They're 10-6. and six. There's a very, very, very real, if not incredibly likely, scenario where Week 18, when they go to Miami, they are playing either to win the AFC yes. or they don't make the playoffs. So... Look, there's a long way to go because they put themselves in a big hole. Are they dangerous? Yes. Could they lose to anybody in the NFL in a given week? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to hold you over. I want to ask you about uh, Baltimore, who we mentioned there briefly for a couple of minutes. Hanging out with our man, Matt Verderam. He does a terrific job over at SI.com. They're NFL insider. Get to the Ravens 
win on uh, Sunday night and a whole bunch more. The Sports Wrap continues on this Monday. The Sports Wrap continues on this Monday. Sammy Arnell will hang out with us. Um, by the way, Nick Ferguson on tomorrow's show, former NFL safety, will hang out on the program. So I want to talk about Baltimore because I, and you mentioned him a little bit in the last segment. We've seen this before. I, 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 it just feels different to me with Lamar Jackson's development. It feels different this year in that he's not just automatically taking off and running with the football, that he's hanging in the pocket, extending plays, and instead of then running the football, putting himself in peril, potentially getting hurt, he's making throws and making some really good throws. And I'm not saying he's always making the right decision because he's not, and you're going to have to live and die with that with somebody that plays the way he plays, but I like a lot of what I'm seeing out of Lamar Jackson this year. And I've always been the first one to say, yeah, but he never wins in the postseason. It feels this year, maybe I'm buying in too soon, like this could be the year he does make a deep run. If they make a deep run, it's because of that defense. Because Lamar Jackson is terrific. He's also the exact same guy he's made, in my opinion, for a long time. I mean, if you look at his numbers, you want to take a guess where he ranks in passing yardage this year? 12th. 15. That was close. He is seven yards ahead of Derek Carr, who has been booed off the field at the Superdome. And has missed a lot of games, too. (laughs) I mean, he's got 17 touchdown passes, seven picks. He's been fine. He's been fine. But, like... But he's making those plays on, like, those third downs that extend drives... That, that, you know, can help flip. It's the little things I see him doing. I like what likely has given them uh, in Andrew's absence. I don't think he's Mark Andrews, but I like what he's been able to give them. Beckham makes a big play every now and then. I don't know. Maybe I'm buying in and maybe I'll get burned and be wrong and we'll be here in, in February or, or January and I'll be screaming about how I'm pissed at myself for getting it so wrong on, on Baltimore when, you know, Jackson craps the bed in the playoffs, but... Well, I just think I think that you know we get into these things like coming out of last night. If I, I had to see one more people, one more person on Twitter who's like, "Look at Rashad Bateman. Look at Isaiah Likely. Rashad Bateman this year has two hundred ninety nine receiving yards and one touchdown, and Isaiah Likely has two hundred eighty two receiving yards. Like, if they win the playoffs, it's because their offense. That's why because their defense. defense, defense yeah. Excuse me, their defense. It's going to be because they win games. Just getting home on the quarterback and playing well in coverage. I mean, this look, Mark Andrews is still second on that team in receiving yardage. He still has more yardage than Odell Beckham Jr., who has 519 yards on 32 catches. Great. It's fine. Like, I also, by the way, would posit that if Kansas City goes deep, it's going to be because of the defense, because the yes. offense outside of Kelsey and Rasheed Rice can't do anything. It's a year in the AFC where it is wide open, where you look at it now, I am maybe more selective than most. I think it's either Baltimore, Buffalo, or Kansas City. I don't think anybody else is coming out of that conference. I agree. I don't believe I, – I, like, to me, I know Cle- Miami – I'll still say Cleveland. I'll still say Cleveland. Think, you and I are different. I don't think Cleveland wins one game in the playoffs. Wow. But it's, I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, Flacco threw three picks yesterday against a horrific Bears team – and if, if the Bears don't drop about 900 passes, including a Hail Mary in their gut, they win. I, I To me, the, the Browns are fine. The Browns are 
decent enough that like you respect them. But I like are they going into Baltimore or Kansas City and winning the playoff game? They already went no. into Baltimore and won a game, though. That was with Deshaun Watson. They're not doing that with Joe Flacco. Like, I just don't see not that not that Deshaun Watson's been great, by the way, might I add. But listen, maybe you're right. You could be right. You get paid too. <laughs> maybe you're right. Like I just I I'm just a big believer that come the playoffs. In this in this era, when I was a kid, it was different. But in this era, who is your coach? Who is your quarterback? And if you give me a close, you know, uh, race in, in those two positions, okay, then who throws the ball better? Which team is a better passing offense? Because to me, in the playoffs, like let's face it, if Baltimore and Buffalo play each other, Buffalo is going to do everything imaginable to take away the run and go beat us, beat us throwing it, do it. And we saw this game a couple of years ago, by the way. And Baltimore basically was like, can't, can't do it. I I just believe in teams that can get explosive plays, you can throw the ball. Um, and I, I just I, I'm terrified of Joe Flacco on the road in a big playoff game at 38 years old behind that offensive line with all those injuries. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I say it. Um, which team out of the AFC is the biggest threat to the San Francisco 49ers should they meet in the Super Bowl? Is it Buffalo? Um, you know what? I actually think it's Kansas City for one reason, and only one reason. I think they can guard them. I think the Chiefs' corners can match up with them. I don't think Buffalo's corners can match up with them with White being out. Um, and the Chiefs play such a you know the the Bills are a very predictable defensive scheme team. Now they're very they're they're good defensively, but their scheme is very predictable. The Chiefs can throw a lot at you. Purdy's never seen Spagnolo. I could see a game where McDuffie and Sneed match up on Debo and Ayuk, and all of a sudden it's one of these games where it's like, okay, the Chiefs can start to choke some things off, and it's Mahomes. I, I mean, if there's ever a guy you just look at and go, in one game, does he just go out of his mind and go God mode, and they just win because of it? I would say the Chiefs. I think the, the Bills are a close second, though. I think those two teams – would give them the hardest time. I think Baltimore, I just don't think they're explosive enough. Um, I think Kansas City or Buffalo could go in there, and in one game they could beat them. But I, I give Kansas City the edge because of the corner play and the difficulty of figuring out which guys are bringing and which guys are not every given play with Spagnola. I got to tell you, I didn't think anybody was inevitable maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. San Francisco feels close to inevitable to me right now. They're great. They're the best team in football. I also would posit, though, that they, this is the same Niners team that lost three games in a row in the middle of the year and lost to P.J. Walker and got absolutely blown out of their own building by the by the Bengals. Like, the Niners are definitely the best team in the league. They should win the Super Bowl. But as you know and I know, this is not a best of seven. This is a best of one. In the NFL, every game is game seven in the playoffs. And... While I give them the edge, I think that it's still open for debate. Now, if you said to me, are they a better bet out of the NFC than anybody in the AFC? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but do I think they're a surefire bet? No, I don't. In a year that I don't think anything is a surefire bet. Matt Verderami does a terrific job. Check them out. SI.com. Their NFL insider there. Matt, have a great weekend, my friend. And make sure to uh, follow Sam Yarnell. 
I'll see what I can do. <laughs> We're coming back. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to do on this Monday edition of the show, including Sam Yarnell, who has some bragging to do. He was great on his picks this week. All of that and more as we continue. on this Monday edition of the show. Thanks again to Matt Verderam for hanging out with us. Does a great job. SI.com, their NFL insider there. Joins us almost every week on the show. When the check clears. (laughs) All right. We got a lot to talk about uh, from the NFL as we do clean up aisle 15 uh, for this week in the NFL. Let's talk to our man, Sammy Arnell, bring him in. If you, um, you know, if you said that the, the bills were firing Ken Dorsey and you know, everything looks bleak for the bills. Could you have imagined we'd be at this point in the season with this bills team who throttles the Cowboys yesterday and let's face it. I mean, there's the AFC is wide open. If they make the playoffs, they got as good a chance as anybody of going to the Super Bowl. We've seen what their ceiling is. I think we're kind of getting that right now uh, with what this team has done. And a lot of times when you get these sort of coordinator changes, Sam, you know, midseason, it, it sort of feels like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's a shot over the bow. I know all the ship metaphors here aren't necessarily that good. I said ship, by the way. Don't know. Don't anybody bleep me. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of sending a message to the team that, hey, something has to change. And it actually feels like something has changed with this team. Yes, I'm going to go so contrarian during this segment, Jason. I'm about to have your mind doing gymnastics with my take on this game. So first of all, I think it's hilarious that we actually kid ourselves for so long and pretended Dak Prescott was an actual NFL MVP. That was hilarious. (laughs) Cannot believe that we were talking about a guy who had 82 yards and one interception before garbage time in that game, even though garbage time was the majority of that game. He had 82 yards and one interception with like two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Dak Prescott, see ya, not going to win MVP this year. Um, The Bills... I love my Bills ticket to win the AFC East. You and I putting that ticket in live on this show was one of the best decisions we've made this season. I think that they have a real chance to win that division. When you talk about playoffs, I'm still not sold on them really having a spitting chance at getting to the Super Bowl. And here's why. As much as bringing in Joe Brady has completely transformed that offense, the gaping holes in defense are still there. Sean McDermott is not any better at his job than he was back when he was making 9-11 references to his team in a team talk. He is making the same mistakes, and you saw it in the Cowboy game last night. The Bills need to win, and this is why they won't be successful in the playoffs. The Bills need to win in a very specific way, which they were able to yesterday. They need to dominate offensively, suffocate defensively early in the game, so that late in the game, when Sean McDermott starts throwing up on himself, it doesn't come back all the way to bite them, and they end up losing. See, every single one of their losses this year, they've all been by one score. Uh, I I take that back. There may be one non-one-score loss. They may have one nine-point loss in there. Anyway, Sean McDermott 
has only proven that he is incapable of managing in high leverage situations. You saw it yesterday with the Cowboys, an offense that had not done anything all day. They had one field goal to show for their entire offensive output late in the fourth quarter, and they go marching down the field and score a garbage time touchdown. You saw the same thing in the New England game for Buffalo. Mac Jones marching down the field to win the game at the end. Sean McDermott is incapable of coaching close games at the end of them. Buffalo is plus 1,400 right now to win the Super Bowl, uh, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, the unofficial sportsbook of the sports back, sports rap unofficial. Why? They don't pay us. Um, but they are plus 1,400 um, to win the Super Bowl right now. And I, I like that bet. It's another one I would put in. Not because, again, and, and I tell this to people all the time, not because I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. We are about value on this show when we do talk about betting. Um, they are good value. value. It is still great value for a team whose ceiling, from a talent standpoint, from an ability 100%. standpoint, the ceiling for them is a Super Bowl, and you can get that at 14-1. to 1, You have to jump all over it if you um, are so inclined to do so and in a state where betting is legal. Um, so uh, shockingly to me, Dallas is still ahead of Buffalo right now for Super Bowl betting. How, how can anybody watch that game? If they have to, if see, here's the thing, Buffalo can go on the road and win. Dallas cannot go on the road and win. They cannot go on the road and win. You know who else can go on the road and win though? The Baltimore Ravens. And we saw them yesterday, uh, last night. In fact, do just that. Go into Jacksonville. All right, I'm, I'm Sam. I know this will thrill you to pieces. I'm off Jacksonville. I'm off Jacksonville. Say it. Yeah, I'm off. I knew I'm it off. was coming. I knew it. I'm off. Sam, but I'm not. See, I get on and off quickly. You know, like I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hang with you too long if you put out performances like Jacksonville did last night. And I know Trevor Lawrence is banged up. Concussion protocol now. He's playing on the bum ankle, all of that stuff. Um, but it, at the end of the day, that team is still one or two pieces short of being able to win a Super Bowl. I still think they're a good team. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I still think they're going to win the division. But you're still talking about a team that, and, and what I think we're starting to learn, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit, I talked about it with Matt, is... Now we're at the point of the season where everything's sort of starting to crystallize. You're realizing who playoff... We do contender pretender every week on the show on Tuesdays. You're realizing who the contenders are to be a playoff team or win a division versus teams that have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Dallas is going to make the playoffs. Nothing's obviously changing that. But are they a Super Bowl contender? No. Jacksonville's going to make the playoffs. Are they a Super Bowl contender? No. Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs. Are they a Super Bowl contender? No. You know, we can and we could go through the list of these. There are there are maybe four or five teams that have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, much less win it, versus you know teams that are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in the the second season. And hey, if you got it, if you're there, you got a puncher's chance. But do they really have a chance to win a Super Bowl? I think we're starting to find out the answer to that. Dallas is one of those teams. Baltimore can win a Super Bowl. That team's game can travel. It can go anywhere. Lamar Jackson should be the MVP. I don't know if he will, because I think there's a lot of love out there for Brock Purdy right now. But Lamar Jackson should be your MVP right now, based on what I have seen um, through the first 15 weeks of this NFL season. Lamar Jackson's your MVP. He deserves it. He's earned it. Christian McCaffrey is your MVP. He deserves it. He's earned it. But the writers are too dumbfounded to realize that it shouldn't be. 
Exactly. Exactly. Because who's the last running back who won it? It was Adrian Peterson in that year where he went off for like a bazillion yards. So, yeah, yeah you're right. That's never going to happen. But at the end of the day, Christian McCaffrey is the most deserving of the MVP. Second best odds right now, uh, plus 550. McCaffrey? No. Second best odds, I'm sorry, to win the Super Bowl. The Ravens at plus 550. All right. We got Monday Night Football uh, to preview. We will do that coming up in just moments. Sports Wrap continues on this Monday. If they play an NFL game and nobody's there to watch it, is it still an NFL game? Let's see if we can answer that question. And Anthony Edwards, what are you thinking? We should just make that a, a, its own like imaging segment thing. What are you thinking? Anthony Edwards, eesh. Uh, we'll get to all of that. Monday Night Football, we'll get to that in a couple minutes as well. Uh, Sammy Arnell rejoins us here, the Prince of Picks, who, by the way, was 4-0 this week. Round of applause to Sam. 4-0 this week, undefeated. The Prince was princely. I was undefe- I was unbeaten. I was 2-0-2. So I just continue to, to stack up wins in the battle for pick supremacy this year. I can't be beat. I can't be beat, Sam. That's all there is to it. I just can't be a beat. A 6-0-2 week for the program. What program out I there know. is giving you a 6-0-2 week? Not Joe Fortenball. Not Joe Fortenball. Not Joe Fortenball, I can promise you. Not Joe Fortenball. Oh <laughs> I'm going to be like Jimmy Kimmel on Late Night with Jimmy Kimmel, where every night he just gets in a dig at Matt Damon. Every night I'm just going to get in a dig at Joe Fortenball. I would like it to be known that I have nothing against Joe Fortenbaugh. I yeah. respect his work completely. Yeah, I got something against thin-skinned people. <laughs> so I'm just going to needle, 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 needle. A um, couple of quick things before we get to Monday Night Football. One, uh, Joe Flacco. I, I said this when they went and got him off the couch. If the guy plays, con- If the guy plays the way I think he still could, this is a team that can make a deep run. This does not feel like your grandfather's Cleveland Browns anymore. This feels like a team that something's happening here with this with this Cleveland Browns team. And yesterday is another illustration of that. Three interceptions for Flacco. It didn't matter. The guy's still out there. His confidence level is never shaken. He has tough, thick skin, unlike Joe Fortinball. And he is he, the guy. Nothing rattles him. Nothing is going to rattle him. Um, and, and I was talking about this with a friend off the air this morning before we started, Sam. I was talking about this with somebody before we started the show today. This feels a lot like the Peyton Manning-led Broncos Super Bowl team. Great defense, veteran quarterback that can still make the throws when he has to. There is, there is. Trust me, we'll get into this tomorrow with Nick Ferguson on the show. I think there's some similarities here. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, on the show. You had a note on Travis Etienne when we were talking about Jacksonville. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got to say, there is no world anywhere mm-hmm. ever that in the time-space continuum where Joe Flacco and Peyton Manning should be mentioned in the same sentence other than the fact that they've both won Super Bowls. But also, if you're talking about Super Bowl winners, throw Trent Dilfer in there. He won a Super Bowl too. No, don't put Trent Dilfer in the same category as Joe Flacco. Come on. It's also wild to me that a three-point win over the fifth-worst team in football has you ready to say that this team is still going on a Just deep win. playoff run. Just win. That de- that is a championship defense. 
Uh, he had a couple of weird bounces in that game that went against them. They never crumbled this Cleveland team. I'm telling you, Cleveland, listen to me. Some, Cleveland rocks. Something's going on there. Uh, Travis Etienne, quickly. 31 yards on 10 carries. They got to do something about yeah. that Jacksonville offense. Like, seriously, with the with the expectations we I had coming it. into the year, with the way we saw them perform at times, they're, they're, something's got to change in Jacksonville. I'm yeah. sorry. that That's a better-than-eight-win offense. And, and, and look, you watch the, and you watch the end of that first half yesterday, the mismanagement of the clock uh, late in that first half with, with Trevor Lawrence making a bad decision there. That's something in year three. But Doug Peterson's so good. I, but Doug Peterson's so good. That's not Doug Peterson. That's, that's true. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has to make better decisions in that spot. That's all there is to it. And he's got to stop turning over the football. He basically turned it over yesterday when nobody touched him. Just saying. Continuing on this Monday edition of the show, coming up in about 10 minutes, odds and ends. We'll wrap it up. Uh, Charlie and Tiger Woods. Needle movers. Also... Who still uses a photo map? Do people like still go get pictures printed and stuff like that? I guess, I guess so. Uh, and somehow it involves Tom Brady. That's coming up as well. Uh, also, a big announcement about this show, the future of it. Uh, if you are listening to us on the podcast or watching us on the vodcast, uh, you will want to be paying attention. Huge news. Big game changer for us uh, here on the Sports Rep. That's coming up as well. If they play an NFL game and nobody is there to see it, is it still an NFL game? That is the question I was forced to ask myself after watching the Panthers and Falcons play in basically an empty, is it still Bank of America Stadium? I don't know. Something, but whatever stadium they play at in Charlotte. Pepper Field. What is it? Pepper Field. Field. I'm joking. There you go, Sam. Uh, because apparently nobody went to the game yesterday. And when I started digging through, I'm like, oh, the weather was bad. Charlotte's, you know, the, the, the Carolina Panthers are bad. It's been a terrible season, you know, interim head coach, all of that stuff. First of all, they beat the Falcons. I, I'm done hearing about Arthur Smith. I, I'm done. That's it. I mean, that, that, team, that team's just not that good. And I'm starting to think it might be the curse of, of Pat McAfee, by the way. Has Aaron Rodgers on his show? What happens to Aaron Rodgers? Has Arthur Smith on his show? What happens to Arthur Smith? Nick Saban might want to be careful that like an anvil doesn't fall on top of him because he appears regularly on the show as well. Not saying, just saying. Is it worth the money that Pat McAfee is paying you to be on his show if everything in your career turns to crap because you appear on the show? I'm just saying. I don't believe in jinxes, but you got to start to wonder. Um... Nobody goes to the game yesterday in Charlotte. And reportedly, a lot of it was because people were upset that they were using facial recognition technology to scan fans into the game. Instead of tickets saying, hey, we've just got a picture of your face, and if it's not you, we're not letting you in the game. And there's some thought that that's why some people didn't go to the game yesterday. I don't know. I think it's interesting that that's what the stir over all this is like. So it was a story the whole week, right? Like 45 cent tickets in Carolina. 45. Uh, that, obvious, thank you for mentioning that 45 cents and nobody still wants to go see them play. Something's wrong. Well, I, 
Yes, you're right. At the same time, outdoor stadium, like you said, absolute monsoon. Like, that was not a fun rainstorm to be in. Uh, My basement flooded last night. I was up until 3 o'clock in the morning vacuuming water off the floor in my basement. Uh, And I'm 200 miles north of Charlotte. So they took the brunt of a really bad storm yesterday. And I think people thought it was going to be a little worse than it was. That was the real reason to me. The thing about facial recognition and maybe this is me just being a a, a DC native and a DC sports fan, that level of security is not new at sporting events. They use that kind of security at sporting events when the president is in attendance, when senators are in attendance, all that kind of thing. It's simply a safety measure that they moved over to using for for tickets. It's a discussion that we should have, definitely. But I, I just at the at the bottom of it all, I don't understand why people make such a big stir of it when it's happening all the time. They just don't know it. I'm going to get crushed for saying this, but this is the last word I'll have on it. The only people who are mad about a surveillance state like cameras on corners of streets, red light cams, corner of buildings, you see cameras ever. The only people who are worried about cameras are people who are doing something wrong. I say this all the time. The only people who are worried about cameras are people that are doing something wrong. Because who cares? I don't care if somebody sees me picking my nose, walking down the street, and I'm knuckle deep. I don't care if anybody sees that. Nobody cares. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Um, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you to an extent, right? Yeah. If you go out in public, you are subjecting yourself to being viewed in public, right? Like it's part of American society. It's a very, you know, base rudimentary part of our society. That's important. Uh, Real quick here. Anthony Edwards, what the hell are you thinking? (laughs) Anybody see this? Anthony Edwards, the text messages that have come out. In the last few days from a Instagram model that he apparently hooked up with and got her knocked up. I was going to say, did a little more than hook up with her, Jason. And then then he's sending her messages saying, get the pregnancy aborted, paying her $100,000 or offering to pay $100,000. She's like, man, I don't need your money. She was, she was, she was not happy. If people have not seen the text messages, go and Google this. I got to say this. And look, you won't see this story plastered all over sports pages because they don't want to cover this sort of seedy, incendiary side of sports. But the reality is, this is stuff that's going on. This is a guy you want to be the face of your franchise, and this is the crap he's doing behind the scenes that has to make you question his judgment. Plain and simple. Yeah, it's the drama, the NBA. It continues on a weekly basis, right? The thing is, this is like the third crazy story we've had this season already. Wasn't there? Who was Zion Williamson a couple weeks ago who got hit by a car and they found out that was all faked and he just got beat up somewhere? Like, this is the NBA. This is what, what happens. It, it's a terribly sad story. Like, if you go through and read the messages, uh, the position that that woman has been put in, is horrible. I would never wish that on anybody ever. No, um, no, but I, we I feel had, bad for both of them. I hope they get it. I hope they get it peacefully figured well, out. The other, and, and happy. the other thing is, I mean, Zion Williamson had an incident, you know, where it kind of spilled into the sure. public that he was dealing with. Now you have this one with Anthony Edwards. There was the incident last season before last season where he was caught on a, on a, on an Instagram video, making fun of gay people as he was uh, driving down a street in a notorious gay area of Minneapolis. 
this is the sort of stuff that you have to think about when you make a guy the face of your franchise. We're back with odds and ends on the Sports Wrap. All right, before we go, some odds and ends to wrap it up. Uh, Charlie and Tiger Woods, and I have to put them together because I think there is as much curiosity and fascination with Charlie Woods and what he can be versus Tiger Woods and what he has been. Case in point yesterday, and for those of you watching the show, uh, you'll see the chip-in from, from Charlie Woods from off the green yesterday. And the Tiger-like fist pump, baby! How awesome was that? He's 14 years old. He can hit a golf ball 325 yards. He drove a green. That is the one that you're missing. Like, he overdrove multiple greens in that <laughs> tournament, dude. That was the craziest thing. He can hit his driver 14. 100 yards further than I can, and I'm eight years older than the kid. Over-under, if I set the over-under at half, for wins for Charlie Woods on the PGA Tour. You taking the over or you taking the under? Meaning he's either going to win one or he isn't. Are you setting it? Are you, are you taking the over or under? That is a nuclear missile whale play on the over. <laughs> that is a 700-unit play on the over. Remember, Jack Nicholas's kid tried to play. Didn't go very well. But Jack Nicholas's kid wasn't this good this young. Yeah. No. He wasn't this good this young. You got to remember that. It's a different world. I mean, the, I mean, Tiger, Tiger's bringing this kid up to be the next Tiger. Oh, here's the He's drive. Be Here so was the good, drive. Jason. Here was the drive yesterday over the green <laughs> <laughs> and following it, walking it, walking it down too. It like, wasn't oh even the God. best one. I don't know if you saw this video. It circulated on social media. He nuked one down the middle of the fairway took like two steps to start to grab his tee and he gave it a little wave. It was awesome. <laughs> oh man. I just hope I, the only thing I'll say about the, the Charlie Woods stuff is this. I hope he learns and I hope tiger is able to, to sort of ingrain in him not to make the mistakes that tiger did. That's exactly. the, that's the, that's the thing I really hope for because tiger, you know, tiger's upbringing, Earl Woods, Tough. all of that stuff. You just hope he does it different. And it, there was an interesting thing uh, last week where they were asking Tiger, what drives you nuts about, about your kid, basically? And Tiger said that they're always staring at their phone, that they're always looking down, they're not looking up. They're not appreciating everything that's around them, their surroundings, life, all of that, because kids are just buried in their phone state. By the way, adults are too. I go to dinner. I go to dinner with my husband all the time. I say it all the time. Put your friggin' phone down. Be present. Be in the moment. You know, other than looking at a sports score every now and then, if I'm out at dinner, just put your phone down. It's like people who shoot sporting events through their phones while they're at them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like drugs. It's like we're phone heads at this point. Yes. It's in, it's insanity. Uh, Last one before we go, who uses photo mats still? Apparently, Tom Brady apparently still uses photo mats. I got to say, I got to say this for the viewers out there, for the listeners. I'm a 23-year-old man, right? I obviously don't have as much experience at this game we call life as our friend Jason does. Yeah. And we were talking about this seg, the story before the segment started. 
I legitimately had to ask Jason what a photo max was. I knew yeah. developing pictures and all that, but I had never heard of it called under such a technical name, uh, which I think should go to speak to how many people still use them in the year 2023. So. You go to a CVS, you could still get photos printed. Uh, he, uh, Tom Brady said, my mom must have been printing some photos out in San Francisco. He wrote in comments of a TikTok about the photo mix-up. Somebody went to go get their photos from a CVS, and they were getting Tom Brady. So the photos must have gotten mixed up with somebody else's photos. Somebody went to go pick up their picture, their photos, and they had pictures of Tom Brady in their pile. Just hope there was Some nothing. 1980 story you'll hear in 2023. It really is. It really is. I used to love those like Instamax cameras. Just printed out the photo right there. It's great stuff. Uh, all right, I've got two minutes left. Two-minute warning. All right, let me finish with this. Huge news surrounding this show. Uh, I've been teasing it for about a week now. Um, we've, we started this back in September as sort of an extension of the radio show I'd been doing um, from September of 22 to September of 23. That show ended in, in September of 23. We started to carry it on with this video podcast, uh, vodcast podcast every day. The goal was to ultimately move this show into a television format. Uh, we have realized that goal. I am proud to announce today that the sports wrap will be moving to television uh, you'll still be able to get the audio podcast of the show every day. I can't speak to the vodcast version of the show. We're still trying to work that out. But this show every day will be seen on TV across the country beginning January 1st. Uh, I will have a listing of where you will be able to see the show depending on where you watch us around the country. But exciting news, the sports wrap coming to your television Monday through Friday for an hour each day. And weekends, there will be a weekend edition of the show available as well, a 30-minute sort of best of the week in sports, everything you might have missed, that's going to be available too. Uh, all the same great interviews. Sam will still be a part of the show, assuming he doesn't say something that gets us thrown off the air somewhere. <laughs> always in play. Always, always in play. That that bet is always, is always in play. Uh, but exciting news. Thank you so much to our friends at Telco Productions who are going to be distributing the show beginning on January 1st. More details to come later this week. That's going to put a wrap on this Monday edition of the show. Nick Ferguson, former NFL safety on the program tomorrow. For Matt Verderam, Sam Yarnell, I'm Jason Page. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. <laughs>